Well, hey there, and welcome to the Saints Church Glory Hills podcast. We're so happy that you joined us today. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, we believe that God will speak to you through one of our pastors today. Let's jump in. In Luke chapter 4, we'll go to verse 18, it says this. This is Jesus, the first message that he's preaching in his hometown. So he's preaching to the home team, hometown. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he's actually reading the scroll of Isaiah, Isaiah 61. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Then he rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. And all the eyes look intently at him. Maybe some context for us. In Israel at this time, there was one temple. The temple was in Jerusalem. That's where everyone went to make their sacrifices. So sacrifices for your sin, all those types of things uh, to make their offerings. They would go to Jerusalem and then they would celebrate. Uh, They would have these big celebrations, these feasts that would happen all across. uh, In the Old Testament, you can read up all the different feasts, which for our language, essentially, they all went to conferences and they would all go to Jerusalem. They'd all go to one main location. They'd go to Jerusalem. But what was spread out across the nation was synagogues. And these synagogues would just be simply a place that it wasn't the main place that they would go for their big uh, sacraments and making sacrifices. The synagogue was a place that you would go and it was a local meeting place where somebody would, they would read scripture and somebody would share. That, that was what they would do. They would worship and they would read scripture, kind of like what we're doing here today. And it was their tradition that as the scripture was being read, that they would stand and then they would all sit, including the person who was teaching. And so when Jesus sat down here, we don't understand, like, well, did he just like go sit back down in the seat? No, no. He was sitting down as getting ready to teach. But there's always something significant in Scripture. You can actually find it in the book of Hebrews that, where it says that Jesus sat down on his throne uh, in, in Hebrews 3. It's the same idea here. that There's an authority that Jesus sat down and everyone was like, wow, what's he going to say next? Like there's a weight to the way that he talked. And there was a familiar, familiar, wow, hard to say today, familiarity with Jesus because they'd seen him grow up. They watched him. They probably bought furniture from his dad's store. So like, oh, that's Jesus who fixes our chairs and he does all these things. We just know Jesus is our guy. And, and, and word was spreading. Jesus was, was, was speaking at other synagogues. He was on the speaking tour. He, you know, he's around. Everyone's like, ah, oh, he's so funny. He's so insightful. I love the way that he talks. He's got all this authority. He's got these amazing stories that we can just understand it. And so the hometown team is now hearing Jesus speak. And the truth is they end up getting really angry about it because he starts speaking to the depths of who they are. And I think that happens a lot where we think that we're mad at a person, but we're really mad at the truth that they're bringing out and the reality of like where we're at. So you're not mad at a person. You're not mad at a friend. You're not mad at that teacher. You're not mad at that boss or employee or pastor. You're just mad about the situation. You're mad about the, maybe what got you here. You're maybe mad about the choices that you made. I mean, you're mad at you maybe more than you're mad anybody else. And I think that's true in the situation, but we've been sharing around the idea that Jesus changes everything. I would submit to you today that there's four core ministries of Jesus, salvation, uh, the healing of broken hearts, bringing freedom to the captives. It all comes right here out of this passage of scripture and healing for those who 
need physical healing. I think we kind of underestimate, though, this one line. In the New King James, it says it just a little bit more clearly in, in, in Luke chapter 4, 18. It says, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Brokenhearted is two words put together. Same, same thing in the Greek. Greek is the original language that scripture uh, in the New Testament was written in. A, Broken here in Greek is centribo, which means to break in pieces, to shatter, to bruise, which means that Jesus is coming to heal the broken, shattered, and bruised hearts. As I was studying for this uh, message, I, I learned that when heart transplants happen, at different times, uh, people that are receiving hearts actually can take on different attributes from the donor. Science, wild. Jesus, wild. He made it. I'm like, why would you do that? That's an interesting thing. And so like, you might like a different food. Like, I don't like seafood. I can't handle the taste. It's the worst, except for tuna. Don't ask me why. It doesn't have to make sense. It's just how it is. I can't, I can't, I could do, yeah, the chicken of the sea, I guess. What can you say? And uh, especially if it comes in a can, then it's delightful. You know, anyways, it doesn't make sense. In theory, I could receive a heart transplant from somebody who loves fish, and there's a chance that all of a sudden I wake up and I love fish. That's weird. It's wild. It's wacky. Why does this happen? Sometimes me uh, memories or dietary preferences show up in other people. I was reading one medical journal where a retired caterer who was terrible at drawing got a heart transplant and he woke up and he could draw and he could paint anything. Incredible artistic ability. Memories from the donor's life are hypothesized to be stored in the cells of the donated heart and are then remembered by the recipient following transplant surgery. So when we're talking about the idea of God healing a broken heart, you know, we're not literally talking about like the beating heart. You know, we're not talking about that. We're talking about the seat of our soul, of, of our emotions, like, like the, the, the core of who we are. And I think, though, maybe science is showing us that maybe there actually is more to this pumper in our chest than just pumping things. That there is, there's just like something here in our hearts. But God's not surprised by that. He wrote it in Scripture. It says in Proverbs 23, 7, so as he thinks in his heart, so is he. In Matthew 9, verse 4, Jesus knew what they were thinking. They had this moment where he knows what they're thinking. He says, why do you have such evil thoughts in your hearts? He starts speaking to the core of who they are. There's something more. We're not just talking about our actual heart. When you go to your spouse or you know, your kids, you don't say, I love you with all my blood pumper. You're talking about your heart, which isn't the thing that pumps blood. It's the core of who you are, all of who you are, the depth of who you are. The heart is the seat of our thoughts and emotions. And many times our hearts get broken, shattered, and bruised. Maybe it's the loss of a relationship, an unfulfilled dream. Loss of a career, which means a loss of financial security. There's a broken heart in that. But Jesus comes to heal our broken hearts. 
That's what he's here to do today. Jesus wants you and me to experience emotional healing. Like This sounds like a bad 80s song. Emotional healing. No, it's the truth of the moment. He also said in, in the New Living Translation in, in Luke 14 that the oppressed would be set free. In the old school, old school King James Version, it says to set at liberty them that are bruised. So there's a bruise that happens on our hearts and our souls. And this happens through life. A, a bruise, you know, also known as a contusion, happens when a part of the body is injured and blood from the damaged capillaries leaks out. With no place to go, the blood gets trapped under the skin, forming a red or purplish mark that's tender when you touch it. A bruise. We know what a bruise is. You bump. Now, the worst thing ever is, is when somebody bumps into your bruise. Right? Or, or you're a weird person and you're the type of person who just keeps touching your bruise. Like, is it still, ow, is it, it still hurts. Yeah, you've got a bruise. No, I just want to see if it still hurts. You're a weirdo. You like pain. That's strange. It's okay. There's healing for you today. But you like bump into something, oh, it's like, what is that? Oh, I just hurt my knee earlier. It's like, okay, you just have, I have a bruise. Uh, many times we have wounds from our past that haven't healed yet. And then we find ourselves in moments and situations where someone says something or does something. And it's like, ah, and you just feel this excruciating pain about with something that happened, and maybe something that's like entirely unrelated, but you have this unhealed part of your heart that is just like responding to the pain. That person didn't do it to you. It's an unhealed area. And then what we do is we begin to put up like roadblocks and say, you can't come near me because you hurt me. No, they didn't hurt you. There's unresolved pain in your heart, and it's starting to define who you are. Today, I would submit to you that Jesus wants to set you free from the wounds of your past. And then if you came today, that's very specifically what he wants to do. Um, when, in the early days of the church, uh, when we were on King Street, if I ever had to meet with someone, I thought it would be really weird to meet with somebody um, in an empty building. Like this little tiny, and our, the office office was like smaller than this drum riser, basically. So I was like, this is a weird place to go. So I would, I would set up shop at Perk's Coffee House there on King Street. And I had a table, and for a while there, nobody sat at my spot. That was my spot. I would go there every day. I owned that place. That was my place. And then people would come through. And then it got like so extreme that like everyone, everybody knows your name. It's like cheers. And people would just like come by. And so I didn't have to really worry about pastoral care because the whole, they would just come to me. And I would just sit there. And uh, it, it was wonderful. And we used to go and Everett, uh, when he was younger, used to love peanut butter marshmallow bars. Anyone had a peanut butter marshmallow bar? Anyone into that? Uh, it's, to me, it's kind of weird. It looks gross. It's kind of strange. It's brown. It's colors. It's strange. Like, it just, like, it didn't look, it didn't, it didn't sit right with me. But according to some people, it slaps. You know, it's just like, this thing is just the best. And so Everett would love a, a peanut butter marshmallow bar. And so one day I, I bought them, you know, because this is what dads do. You go and mom's like, listen, no sugar. We're really cutting it back. We're on a plan. I'm like, totally, totally, totally for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Everett comes, he's like, dad, can I have a peanut butter marshmallow bar? And I'm like, yes, of course. Because that's like what dads do. Um, and so I got Everett this peanut butter marshmallow bar. And he, of course, eats it very quickly, devours it. And it's all over. And it's, and it's everywhere. But later in that night, in like a completely unrelated bout of sickness, 
that peanut butter marshmallow bar made an appearance once again. And just so you know, it looks the same way going in as it does going out. It just, it's just the same thing. It's just like, ah, you know, one of those situations. And so, like, it's just the same. It's just the same. That's why I, can, I could never look at a peanut butter marshmallow bar uh, again because it just looks the same. In, out, it's the same. It's exactly the same. But then Everett's like, Dad, I'm never eating a peanut butter marshmallow bar again. It made me sick, son. It didn't make you sick. It wasn't that food product. It was literally something else. It was the flu. It was something different. It was not that. No, Dad, I'm never eating a peanut butter marshmallow bar. Like, son, I agree with your choice because they look gross. But, like, it's not that. It's not that. The complete, something completely unrelated got you sick, and now you can't eat it. And I wonder how many of us are avoiding good things in life because of previous moments of pain. We're, we're making choices because something else hurts you, someone else hurts you. But whatever this current thing is, this current even good thing is, you've just got that memory in your heart. And it's bruised. And you're like, don't touch it. I got good news today. Psalms 147 verse 3 says, He heals the brokenhearted. And bandages their wounds. That's who Jesus is. That's who Jesus is. What I'm going to do today is I'm just going to lay out a little bit more scripture. And then I want to pray for you. And we're going to kind of do this on mass as if it was a one-on-one moment. And so we'll end up kind of doing prayer ministry in our seats. You're like, that's, that's good. I... I don't like to go to the front anyways. I don't want to draw attention to myself. Well, the truth is we all need healing. And most of us are too stubborn to do something about it. And so today healing is just going to come to you and you got a choice to lean in or you can lean out. That's, that's the reality of today. Are you still with me today? Speaking of Jesus, and this is like a Christmas verse that we usually speak at Christmas time, Matthew 121. It's, it's talking about who Jesus is. It's the, the angel talking to Joseph after he gets the wild news that Mary's impregnated by the Holy Spirit. And the angel says, and she will have a son in Matthew 121. And she will have a son and you are, name, you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. He will save his people from their sins. That's where we get the idea of Jesus as Savior, that he will save people from their sins. Now, that Greek word right there that disappeared for save is the Greek word sozo. Just just turn to somebody and say sozo. S-O-Z-O, sozo. And the Greek word of sozo means safe. That Jesus is coming to make you safe to save you, to make you safe. But it's more than just that. The Greek word sozo is used over 100 times in the New Testament. Its meanings are to make well, to heal, to restore to health, to keep safe, to deliver one from the the penalties of the messianic judgment and to save from the evils which obstruct the reception of the messianic deliverance. This term sozo combines all three aspects of wholeness. It combines salvation, Healing and deliverance. So we're speaking of God's process of removing those bruises or these hindrances from our lives that keep us from walking in a fully whole and redeemed life. So I I know normally I'm the joke guy, but today we're just going to be the teaching guy, okay? And 
I'll even give Pastor Jeremy this credit. Apparently, I'm going to go over time, and, uh, and I'll be the guy who goes too long, but that's okay. I'll take that honor from you, but you're doing a great job. I go over all the time. When the Bible uses sozo, we're talking about three-dimensional healing, a three-dimensional healing that includes physical, emotional, and spiritual health. Let me give you an example from Scripture. If you're still with me, say, I'm with you. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, we're going to look at this instance, then we'll go through a process. This is the moment with the woman of the issue of blood. If you've been around church, you know it. If you don't, I'll give you a quick synopsis. This woman um, is coming to Jesus. She's been suffering for 12 years with this infliction of constant bleeding. She can't stop the bleeding. And she's gone to every specialist. She's literally spent her life savings. She's gone to every doctor. She's tried everything. Have you ever known somebody who's going through something that literally spends every dollar to try and fix it? She's, she's broke. She, she, she has no money left. She's out of options. She's out of solutions. Essentially, the doctor says, I have nothing else for you. Every specialist, every person goes, I got nothing else for you. So she's in a desperate state. Not only does she have no money, she has no options for healing. And then on top of that, because of the rules and regulations, the law of the day, the way society was structured and the old covenant law. If, if a woman was going through a season of bleeding, whether it was once a month or for this woman constantly, there was a time when she was considered unclean. And you'd have to go and there was a whole process for a ceremonial cleaning and then you could be reintroduced back in. Uh, but it wasn't just for, for uh, women who were bleeding. It was for anybody who touched blood, animal's blood, anything, any type of blood. There was a whole washing process. There was this, this whole thing. But you were deemed ceremonially unclean. And if you were deemed ceremonial unclean, uh, you would have to do a few things. Like if you were in a crowd, like in this room, you couldn't bump into anybody. So if you were coming and coming into this room, you just have to walk in and be like, unclean, unclean, just in case somebody bumped into you. And you can touch something that somebody else was touching. So, I mean, I think you could always already see the emotional damage being inflicted by somebody who every time they show up anywhere, uh, they have to yell that they're unclean. And then on top of that, anyone else that they bump into or they touch, they are also unclean. So then nobody wants to be near you, nobody wants to touch you, and every time you go anywhere, even like the, the, the chairs that you sit on uh, or anything that you touch is now defiled, so you are literally somebody that nobody wants to be near because you're essentially a monster. And you make them shut down their lives for seven days. So she doesn't understand what like physical touch is, what it is to be close with somebody. Like She's having to live a complete life. She's in desperate times. She has absolutely nothing. So just then, a woman who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding came up behind him. She's talking about Jesus. And she touched the fringe of his robe first. She thought, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. She didn't even have, like, she didn't have the confidence to even think that she could look him in the eye and ask him. She said, I just have to touch like his pants. I just have to touch like I'm not worthy of it. And the crazy thing is she fought her whole way through a crowd. and She didn't yell unclean. I'm like, bold moves. She's made everybody unclean and nobody knows. If I just have to touch his robe, I will be healed. Jesus turned around and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And that woman was healed in that moment. In the old King James version, it says, daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Matthew 9, 22 in the King James, thy faith has made thee whole, and the woman was made whole from that hour. 
See, when Jesus healed her physical body, he brought 3D, 360 healing and wholeness to her life. Because now she didn't have to yell anytime she went somewhere. Now she could touch somebody. She could talk to somebody. She could sit down on furniture. She could be a part of society. She could get a job. She could go. She didn't no longer have to spend all of her money trying to find the next answers. She was made whole. It wasn't just healing. It was wholeness. Sometimes, sometimes, some, okay, let's be honest. All the time we're, trace, we're chasing after the supernatural and we're missing the supernatural because we're, we're only looking after the spectacular. We only want the big bang. We only want the one big moment. And Jesus says, no, I just didn't come for one big moment. I came for a complete 360 wholeness in every area of your life, not just your physical body. I can touch your physical body, but I want to touch every part. And honestly, most of us ignore our hearts because we say, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's okay. I'm totally, I'm, it's fine. I'm fine. You're not okay. You're broken. But you don't have to be. Not because anything you can do. Not something that you can conjure up. Not something that you can make happen. But I know somebody who can. And we're actually going to go through a process right now. Here's the process. I'm going to lay it out for you. And we're just going to do this together. And I believe today that God wants to heal hearts across this place. I believe that many of us are going to walk out of this room with those old bruises, those old wounds completely healed. And specifically today, uh, in Psalm 127 that I read actually uh, for Juno's dedication, it talks about that, that for a father, there's no greater pride or joy for a parent than an arrow, uh, a quiver full of arrows. I believe today there's a bunch of broken arrows in the room. That there's wounds and there's hurts that have come from parents specifically, that's come from family that God wants to heal today. That you're like, you were supposed to shoot me forward into my destiny, not break me. Here's the good news. For every person who feels like their parents didn't shoot them and launch them and propel them into their destiny, you have, an, you have a heavenly father who loves you and who has. He is shooting you. He is launching you today. He wants to bring healing and hope and life to the broken arrows. Here's the process. First thing we're going to do is we're going to ask Jesus. I'm going to pray, and we're just going to ask Jesus to bring to our minds memories that he wants to heal. And you're like, no, we're not. That is going to hurt. Uh, it's not for hurt. It's for healing. And we have to trust that if we're going to ask Jesus to bring those thoughts and those memories to our minds for healing, that he's got the power to heal us and to protect us in the same moment. We're going to pray and ask for him to bring that back. Now, what I need you to understand, uh, and this is just the teaching part. I'm going to get really technical for a moment. Sometimes demonic spirits attach themselves to those memories. And you're like, ah, okay, now we're getting really weird. Is this, what, what are we happening? Well, you're at church and it's a spiritual experience. And so we're just being honest about how the world actually works because we only look at this dimension, but there's a spiritual dimension. And so these spirits, it actually says it in 2 Corinthians 11, it says, I'm not surprised even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it's no wonder that his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. In the end, they will get the punishment their wicked deeds deserve. So here's what 
could be happening in an area or facet of your life is that during a season of your wounding and your bruising, uh, there was, there's, you're in your way to try and cope with it. There was spirits that came and they started saying things. You know what? Uh, I, I can't. I can't help you through it. I know how to get 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 you through it. And you're strong and you can do this. And you don't need anybody else. And all of a sudden, these whispers and these lies start coming. And it sounds really good at the beginning. And then what you realize as they go is that the same whispers and lies that kind of gave you strength that said things like just hold on to your anger. You're going to use it as a fuel to make through this. Begin to twist and they turn. And then at some point, those lies and those accusations start coming in and they're coming in the same way. It's like, how do you think you're ever going to get past this? You're never going to get through this. No one ever is going to love you in that way. They're not going to see you in that way. You're never going to break through from this. Why? Because they came and they began to whisper and you thought it was giving you strength, but what it was doing was just latching onto you and getting anchoring and authority into your life. So today we're just going to break that power. You're like, is that possible? Yeah. Jesus. Because they're under his Authority. Now, here's what you also need to know about these demonic spirits is that they are not omniscient. They're not omnipresent. They are spiritual beings, but they don't have access to your brain. They don't know what you're thinking. They just whisper. And they natter. They nag. And they understand human nature because they've been around for a long time. And so they know what works and what lies work and how they work and so they do that so I just need you to know today that you're gonna start living over the next three four days with what seems like a new clarity but what I'm going to encourage you to do is fill up what's been taken out so you need to fill up that space with scripture and with the Holy Spirit and maybe some extra time of prayer to go God I just want you to fill these cracks and these holes because you've gotten used to these voices. There might even be a voice that comes to you after you find freedom and says, see how lonely you feel? It's just another lie. You don't feel lonely. You feel free for the first time in a long time. And now you have to learn to live free. It's like the Egyptians, sorry, the the Israelites, when they left Egypt, they were slaves for hundreds of years. They had to learn how to live free in the desert. That's why it took so long. Because they were used to being nothing but slaves. Unfortunately, many of us are used to being nothing but slaves of a liar. So we're going to ask Jesus to bring these memories to our minds that he wants to heal. Then I'm going to pray, and you're going to not believe me with this, but you should. I'm going to ask and pray specifically for holy forgetfulness. And you're like, that sounds so weird. Okay. But we actually are used to this concept. In Jeremiah 31, 34, this is God speaking. He says, I will forgive their, or you can personalize it and say your or my, I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. God does this all the time. He sees our sin, but when we give it to him, he forgives it and he just remembers it no more. It's not like it didn't happen. It's not like it wasn't there. He just chooses to to diffuse the power and the authority of that action or that behavior. So in the same way as we pray for these memories and we pray for complete healing, I'm praying for holy forgetfulness. Not that you forget what happened, but that any sting goes away. You know, it's, it's like getting stung by a wasp over and over and over again. You know, I used to, you might not, I used to have a moped, like a little scooter. I used to rip around Spruce Grove. 
And I would laugh the entire time. It was like the best thing ever. I felt, I don't know what, I felt like Dumb and Dumber all the time. And I was just driving around, having a great time. And Corey and Robin Singer, actually, I think they're downstairs and kids. I don't know if they're in here right now. They were coming over for premarital counseling. And I was riding my scooter down Century Road, coming back from the grocery store, getting churros for dessert. Because if you're going to talk about pre-marriage stuff, you need churros. And so I, I feel this thing hit me in the face. I thought it was a rock at 60 kilometers an hour. It hit me in the face, right in the lip. Turns out it wasn't a rock. It was a wasp. And the wasp decided, I'm, I live here now. And so it just hung on for dear life and just started stinging me repeatedly as I'm driving down Century Road till I finally realized what happened. I grabbed it and I threw it off. Didn't look that awesome. Uh, it was like, ah! you know? And you know, I probably almost totaled every vehicle around me. And I threw it off and I got home. And if you've ever seen the movie Hitch, that was my face. It was like, Poof! My lip just got huge. And Des took like a little cloth and wrapped it up in ice and like dipped it in apple cider vinegar. And as long as I had it on my lip, it would go back to normal size. But then I started talking because I had to do this session. And then it would go, and then I'll put it back on and it would go small. So lots of listening that day. Uh, but the truth is, that's what, that's actually what, just I'm trying to illustrate to you what the level of demonic strength is that you're dealing with attached to these memories is literally just an annoyance, a stinger. But we've given it all the power because we thought pain has all the power in our lives. So I'm going to pray for some holy forgetfulness and that God's going to remove the stress and the pain associated with the memory. And then we're going to ask for healing and wholeness. But apart, uh, alongside the holy forgetfulness, there's actually a choice that has to be made and we actually have to choose to forgive. And you have to choose to forgive people, other people, for your healing but you also have to forgive someone else. You have to forgive you. You have to choose to forgive you. Some of the pain that you're going through is actually self-inflicted wounds. And you have to choose to say, man, I forgive me. I was too young. I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know that was going on. You got to choose to forgive you. Does that make sense to you? Um, as I was preparing for this, uh, there was a season in my life before Engaged, Des and I had gone and we had, oh, I'll just call Space Babe. We went and planted another church and we did that with uh, a mentor in, in my life, really a hero in my life in, in a lot of ways, with a lot of relationship. And that season of life was some of the deepest betrayal that I had ever experienced in my life. Um which led to some very difficult situations, difficult moments, which, which led to me having to process through a lot of things. And in the months that followed that, I would hear from a lot of people, go, man, you're handling this so well. Like, I don't know how, how you did this. And the truth is, I began to take pride in the way that, that I handled it. And I would be like, yeah, like, they're like, you should be so angry. And I'm like, yeah, you know, but like, when you're just stepping into God's destiny, like, you don't, you can't really be mad about it. And, and, and I believed all of those things. And as I was preparing for this message, I, I, I went to sleep and I woke up and, and in the middle of the night, I had a dream and I'm not really like a vivid dreamer. I'm not that person. That's like Des's lane, not my lane. Uh, I like go to bed two minutes later, I'm sleeping. And then like I wake up and begrudgingly I get up and do it all again. You know, it's like, that's just me. But I woke up, I had this dream in the middle of the night and I woke up and I woke up so angry because in my dream, I was working for that person again. And it was like, I woke up and I was just aware. It was like the Lord said, oh, you thought you dealt with that? 
He just put it down there. He didn't deal with that, but I can deal with it now. Here's what we're going to do. I just want to invite you to close your eyes across this place. Just close your eyes. This is really personal. It's really one-on-one. Normally, if we were to do this, we should do this maybe one-on-one, but I just believe God wants to set the whole room free today, specifically those broken arrows. And right now, I'm going to just pray, and we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to bring these things back to our remembrance. Come on, let's pray right now. Holy Spirit, Jesus, Would you bring now to our minds the memories, thoughts, and ideas that you want to heal today? Jesus, would you give us the courage to face these things? God, that you'd bring these memories back not for our pain, but for our healing. I believe even right now, there's, there's memories flooding into your mind. There's thoughts coming. Uh, there's things maybe to your heart. We all hear from God in a different way. Maybe it's just like a flash, and you just kind of remember an interaction or a conversation. Maybe it's just like really heavy on you, and it's wrestling. Maybe you're just even starting to feel emotional. Uh, that's okay. You don't, have to, you don't have to conjure anything up either. You're like, I, I'm actually, nothing's really coming to me right now. All I'd encourage you to do is either get your phone out or a pen and paper out and just ask one more time, say, God, what area do you want me to heal? And then just write it down because we all process at a different uh, stage and a different pace. But Holy Spirit, thank you right now for bringing these things to our minds. All across this room, you're bringing back memories that you want to heal today, right now. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to get Colin to help me, and we're going to put this next prayer on the screen. And I I want to put it on the screen just as a resource that if you want to go through some of this process on your own, that you can do it. So I'm just standing out of the way. You can open your eyes for a moment. Grab your phone if you need to and just take a picture of this if you want to save it for later. You say, listen, there's going to be times or seasons in my life where I might need this again. Because that's life, things happen. So I'm just gonna get you to save that and then we're gonna come back and I'm gonna, oh, a few more people taking pictures, sorry. I'm gonna invite you to close your eyes one more time. This is, you don't need to repeat after me or anything. I just wanna make sure you have some language, a tool for yourself. So now we thinking about those things that God wants to heal right now. God, I give these memories to you. I submit them to you. I surrender these ideas to you, these memories, these thoughts. I ask you to heal me right now. I ask you to heal, Lord, every person in this room of the stress over these memories. I just pray for a relief of stress even right now. And I pray, God, now for holy forgetfulness. I choose now, and I'm speaking on your behalf, But maybe pray this with me under your breath as we're going. I choose now, as an act of my will, to forgive, to forget, and to be healed in Jesus' name. Come on, all across this place right now, just say, just pray your own prayer in your own words. You don't have to say it out loud, but I choose to be healed. I choose to forgive. I choose to forget. Second prayer. And we'll put it on the screen, but you can take a picture later. Jesus, I choose now to forgive every person involved, including me. 
I choose to forget. God, we're choosing to forget the way that you forget. Not to bring it up again for use against us or for the use of others. God, now I, I pray a confirming prayer. I pray for every person in this room who's submitting and surrendering these thoughts, these memories, these ideas, these, this brokenness, this pain. God, I pray for each person who's surrendering it, who's giving it up. Father, I pray right now that you would just come uh, with, like, with a, like a mighty rushing wind of your spirit and just begin to blow away the ash of the brokenness. God, all the broken pieces right now, I just pray that you begin to put them back together. Lord, even like a puzzle that, that there's there's just some gaps in the picture. Lord, I pray that you begin to start filling it in. Lord, for the, the, these memories that have just been holding on have been defining lives. We just diffuse them. We say you have no power or authority for every spiritual entity that's trying to attach itself uh, to these traumatic moments. We say you have no authority over these hearts, over these lives, over these minds, and we break the power now by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. You have no authority in this realm. And I pray healing and wholeness, 3D, 360 healing and wholeness in every area, in every space of our hearts today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or are looking to get connected in any further way, head to saintschurch.ca and we would love to meet you.